0: Usually how I like to start these conversations is really about an individual's journey. And, and luckily enough for me, when I get to talk to people, uh, usually they're working on something pretty big uh, that's really going to take a chunk out of their life. A lot of time and energy will go into it. And uh, it, it's really good and fascinating to see how people to get to that point. So maybe take us through a career path before uh, you know GoChain uh, became a thing and, and talk about maybe your history. and And you know, how you first introduced to blockchain.
1: Grant, yeah, thanks again for uh, the opportunity to be on on your podcast, it's exciting. Yeah, I guess in terms of my background, uh, I've, I've got a little over 20 years of, of professional experience. Uh, I started out in the management consulting side. Uh, at the time it was Price Waterhouse, so that was pre-merger, so it's way mm-hmm. back. Was doing a lot of just management consulting for uh, Fortune 500 companies, and um, this has been a variety of different sectors. From there, uh, on the enterprise side, that basically then led me into the corporate finance world, uh, where I was basically uh, doing sell side uh, MA, corporate finance type transactions. So, you know, a lot of my background has really been on the finance and advisory part of it. And then from there, um, moved into merchant banking and then spent about 10 years or so doing venture capital. And mm-hmm. what I really like about that, uh, and really just some of my history, is that, you know, a lot of this time is you're, you're spent on focusing, trying to tackle problems. You know, try to tackle some big problems. And early in the career, I think these were for large, large enterprises. And then as we started moving towards the venture capital world, it's great to be able to work with entrepreneurs with big ideas. They want to tackle big problems. And uh, some of the uh, technologies that uh, we were looking at investing in was on the fintech side. And at the time, as, as blockchain really started to take off, and obviously, uh, the first that everyone was hearing about it was so it was Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, back in 2009, 2008, 2009. But yeah, as that started to uh, really ramp up, and I started to learn more about blockchain, uh, you know, I really, really got very excited about it and really just kind of dove all in. And, and so uh, I left kind of the VC world and worked on a few projects. And um, most recently I was uh, running a blockchain genomics company. And one of the great things is blockchains, just so many different applications now, so we'll we'll talk about that. Um, But then the opportunity came to move away from the application side to be able to uh, work on the protocol side, and that's Mm -hmm. specifically with GoChain, uh, where I'm at now. So that was was great. And so uh, basically uh, came over and now uh, CEO running uh, the GoChain Foundation, and really trying to focus on uh, driving uh, adoption of blockchain technology, specifically with the GoChain Protocol and and for us, it's really uh, beyond just the adoption and tackling the blockchain scaling problem. It's uh, also having that kind of uh, positive impact, and we we really that's really a very much a part of our ethos. And so we're uh, looking to see where we can leverage technology to make an impact for society and our environment.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a really crazy journey for for blockchain. You know, it's so. It's still so young, right and I think everybody was introduced whether they're negative or positive or introduced to it through through Bitcoin right yep. and I think people were maybe a little confused that blockchain is crypto right and and, and that's sort of you know not the case right, it, right. It, blockchain kind of serves all these different purposes which now we see sort of the nft craze sort of yeah. come out of blockchain it's sort of the next iteration of what blockchain can do but I mean there's so many different things that can be built right on top of the blockchain. So let's kind of go into a little bit of that and how blockchain can be used for, like you said, ways that we can impact the world, whether it's climate, whether it's uh, looking at building out ethical supply chains through through a certain protocol through a certain blockchain. Like, how? What are some practical ways that blockchain can? You know, positive impact the world in ways maybe yeah. we don't, we haven't thought of quite yet.
1: Yeah, and and first, I you know, before I uh, answer, I I just wanted to really underscore something you said is that you know there always has been this reflex to just think of. Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies as blockchain, and you're so right that it's it's, it's quite uh, two different things um, in that blockchain is the underlying technology. Mm-hmm. And in, in recent years, I think we've really start started to see that blossom in the sense that organizations, corporations are now starting to not only, uh, you know, kind of move beyond curiosity of what blockchain might be, now it's very strategic, right? It's being mm-hmm. implemented uh, across um, all industries. And uh, one of the best areas, um, I think, is in the supply chain area, because mm-hmm. when... When when you have a circumstance where there's a question of transparency, um, accountability, there's there's uh, difficulty in 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 auditing or auditability, and where you may also have various intermediaries, these are sort of all the right elements for where a technology like blockchain technology can come in to create transparency, to disintermediate, to sort of get rid of some unnecessary middlemen, and to remove some of those inefficiencies that are sort of plaguing uh, legacy legacy centralized systems. And so supply chain is great because uh, at the end of the day, you're able through a digital element to have really granular chain of custody from the origin uh, all the way to the end consumer. And that's so important to bring that transparency across so many different industries right now. It really touches every industry across them.
0: Uh, I really like to think in, in, in kind of like examples, right? Because yep. it gives sort of a real world type of view on, on what it can do. And I, I noticed that uh, GoChain works with Conservation International. Yes. Correct. On yes. so, how does you know a big nonprofit like that implement blockchain and like for what reason, right? What is their use case for it? Sure.
1: And by the way, it's not just uh, Conservation International. We work with uh, quite a few uh, other nonprofits and NGOs, and yep. a lot of what you're pointing out there has to do with ethical supply chains. Is one mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. So if you think about, for example, child labor or mm-hmm. Uh, illegal, unregulated, unreported fishing. Right, mm-hmm. so fishing stock around the world is is truly it's either uh, you know exploited or significantly depleted. So, trying to find ways for sustainability and conservation through very complex supply chains, uh, this is where blockchain technology can shine. So, uh, this could be about coffee. Um, Mm -hmm. This could be about palm oil, you know, all all sorts of uh, commodities and proteins, agricultural products. Um, These are really areas where blockchain can start to provide some transparency. And if you think about from a consumer standpoint, uh, we hear things like organic or we hear uh, fair fair trade. trade. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I I always like to to kind of put this all into a, a, a bucket where you say, okay, you've got a lot of claims, but they're not verified, right? These are unverified claims. And how do we go about getting some transparency there? And that's at the consumer level, but now organizations, now they really start to care too, because, you know, I think there's been a a real paradigm uh, shift in terms of what's uh, critical at the bottom line. And it's beyond just uh, sort of profitability. We're we're looking at areas where we can also have an impact on the environment, uh, impact for society, and so, and consumers care, right? And not only consumers, your next hire uh, will really care about the kind of impact you're having in this world. So it all matters at this point. And I think technology can really, really help. So when you're, when you're talking about conservation international organizations like that, they have very much care about biodiversity, about mm-hmm. conservation, about ethical supply chains. And, and, and it's not just uh, food products, by the way, and think about the textile business. hundred percent. I was about right? to say
0: it's, it's, it's one of the main ones that I that I always go to and say if we can get that transparency transparency sort of really honed in on. I mean that's sort of the game changer that I'm thinking of.
1: Absolutely. So you've got child labor, right, which is which is uh, something that we, we want obviously uh, every corporation every society wants to avoid force child labor. Um, and then from a sustainability standpoint, you know we're moving away from fast fashion to yep. slow slow fashion, right, yep. and and more of a circular economy uh, orientation. And to do that, you need technology, you need technology, not just blockchain, by the way, you, you need yep. sort of a, a mosaic approach of different solutions. But that's, I think that's what's so exciting right now is when I kind of put my VC cap back on is that <laughs> it's it's a great time, you know, for entrepreneurs yeah. to be able to tackle these big problems through the use of technologies, business models are more, uh, you know, accommodating now, and uh, techno- technological barriers are a lot lower. So it's a great time to be an entrepreneur to try to uh, not only, make money and and, and grow a business but to be able to tackle some of the greatest challenges we have out there
0: if you're talking to sort of founders that that want to or founders coming into to starting companies right they're thinking about you know doing something whether it's in the climate space or or the blockchain space or the educational space or agriculture i think is is another big one that blockchain can sort of Mm -hmm. you know obviously come in and make some real changes to when you put your vc Hat back on for a second. What, what would you recommend them sort of do, right? What are some of the spaces that you think maybe blockchain has sort of still in that first inning that it could attack these problems? I and mean, we talked about fast fashion, which is, I mean, huge. Obviously, that is a massive, massive industry and also food. Is there another one maybe that that we haven't touched on that blockchain uh, can really disrupt that maybe we haven't thought about quite yet
1: yeah you know I think it's happening on so many areas right yeah. now because I mean even blockchain itself is early right sure. and so yeah. yeah I mean that is, even totally. good itself, point it is so early and 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 I think there's a lot of players coming into just even Look at distributed ledger technologies and blockchain technologies, but you know it, it's it's still early, right? And I think we're all still trying to figure out ways to tackle scalability. I mean, if you're still engaged in blockchain-based transactions and you have significant uh, transaction times and, and high transaction fees, and you're talking about NFTs that potentially uh, the minting process could be, mm-hmm. you know, having a very significant carbon footprint, which is a big challenge right now. Yep. Um, there's a lot of you know, friction points that still need to be solved, right? And so um, I think a lot of this right now is is uh, education, but I, I would also point out that um, where you see some, there's societal tailwinds, but there's also very significant regulatory considerations. And Huge, yeah. So there's, from a business standpoint, there's going to be some major requirements that are not only now, but that are coming uh, in the very near term where all businesses are going to have to think about how to be in compliance, right? And so whether that's oil and gas, whether that is in the uh, food traceability, which is, you know, very, very big right now. Um, And this is really for any business, right? If you're going to be shipping food products uh, overseas into the U.S. or, uh, or, or just even within the U.S you're going to have to have a fast response time, electronic records uh, to be able to be responsible for traceability. And if there's a a foodborne illness or outbreak, right? And so Mm. lots of regulatory areas where I think are, in, are going to be favorable for blockchain-based businesses to be able to solve some problems, right? And so, so it, yeah, I mean, supply chain, I think, is a big one. Regulatory, you know, obviously, there's a lot of people tackling the fintech space and DeFi. Yeah. And then now, obviously, NFT and, and ART, and it, it's almost all happening all at once. And yeah. the area that we've been focusing on, too, is when you look at sustainability conservation, research. Uh, we, we work uh, with uh, universities as well. And there's lots of novel areas where you can start to look at blockchain based yeah. research and scientific
0: data. It's Absolutely.
1: Huge, Anytime yeah. where there is data. Uh, and again, that's a big part of it, right? It's how to share yep. data. Yep. And then once you have that data, what's on chain, what's off chain, how do you You know, audit that and share that on a real time basis, these are all like I said there's almost so much happening across the board, but it's exciting. I think it's it's uh, so many different areas where entrepreneurs have an opportunity to make an impact.
0: The one thing that (laughs) I don't know why I'm optimistic, but about this part of it, but I just feel like if we got people in the right positions within this sector that I'm about to talk about, I think blockchain has a great opportunity to actually make governments work really well and really efficiently. And I want to touch on that a little bit because I do think it's important for societies as we we sort of see now in in the last two years, the sort of mismanagement of COVID, right? I think, Mm. I don't know if any government's really gotten it right, but like how- how can governments use blockchain to be more efficient?
1: Yeah, there's so there's so many different areas and and the good thing is there are some governments that have begun to embrace this digital transformation. but to your point sadly uh, a lot of a lot of governments have not and they're still really mired in legacy systems, um, very much paper-based filing and systems. but that the, the, the real issue is to move towards this digitization process, right And if you think at the most basic level, if we had digital identities, Mm -hmm. that um, everyone had a, you know, for example, had a a basic wallet that uh, was in harmony with government systems. You could have so many of our day-to-day transactions, our day-to-day events, encounters that are from from tax to getting a a, a speeding ticket to going to the DMV. All this can be a much more seamless process. And if you have blockchain, now you have a much more efficient a way to share data, a single source of truth, and to be able to have full transparency on that data, right? And but that's a it's a long it's yeah. a long road, uh, unfortunately, to get there. Um, I would say some of the more uh, progressive, innovative governments they're they're usually a bit smaller, right? So they can be much more nimble on how to approach their 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 society. But it's going to take some time. But but you're seeing it, right? There's some big. Uh, big countries, governments out there that are moving towards um, whether that be central bank digital currencies or uh, looking to do more digitization. Uh, there are steps. It's happening. It's happening, but it's it's a slow process, unfortunately.
0: I think land right land rights was something that I was reading that some governments are or kind of using blockchain to kind of understand and, and identify ownership of land, right? It's yep. Sort of a, a simple thing, but a really major thing to to, to the person into to that area. do you, do you have other examples maybe of, of governments yeah. doing small things that that can be implemented by at scale, right. By, by sort of every country.
1: Yeah. So that that's a good one, by the way. And, and, you know, it goes back to your earlier question about what can entrepreneurs do. That's just in a simple example, right. Just something so basic, right. Like real estate land uh, titles, uh, these kind of things are are really good. Uh, There's a lot of innovation happening now around uh, healthcare as well. Mm-hmm. um there's certainly in terms of supply chain um but also uh even talking about research and clinical trials and yeah. consent these kind of things provide opportunities um and also when you know everyone's talking telemedicine now and 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 you can inc- certainly incorporate uh blockchain technologies and other other technologies uh, to that process as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I think um, governments are certainly looking to see, um, it starts, I think, with finance, but they're looking to see a lot of areas where they can start to digitize. And some of this comes into the form of exchanges as well, where they're looking to see, because uh, think about it, really really any commodity, right? Yeah. Commodities uh becomes an area where there's lots of intermediaries for trade. So this becomes uh areas where they start to can start to experiment um in terms of uh, uh cross-border trade, trade finance, um, and then tokenization of assets. This is really where it's it's starting, but I think it's anecdotally really around just a few really progressive. Governments that are starting to do it, but I think even in the states, we've seen legislation coming out with a few very forward-leaning states that are willing to accept taxes in in cryptocurrencies, yeah. Um, yeah. which is a which is a positive sign. And then you've got certain, uh, I guess you can say, innovation zones that are, are yeah. centered around distributed ledger technology. So you know, I think a lot of this is because a lot of governments are seeing that innovation can create new jobs, right, and create. Mm-hmm. New opportunities for uh, for for their people, and and so I think this is uh, people are starting to come around to the idea, and certainly you see a uh, lots of universities now picking up uh, blockchain based programs, degrees, totally. and exploring how what's the cross section between blockchain and agriculture and mm-hmm. other other areas, right? So it's it's happening, it's happening. It's just you know I think a lot of us want to see it happen faster. That's all.
0: My mind always thinks in, in, in parallels, and my parallel would be like dial up internet. Right, that's like maybe would you say maybe even before dial-up internet, like that's the phase we are in now. How early blockchain is, like in comparison to, to like the internet, right? Growth, like is that how early we still are, or is it even earlier than that?
1: No, it's 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 early like that, but I think it's starting to move quickly now. You know, a lot of um, conversations that I have now, most boards and C levels, they're well aware of the technology now. They're just looking to see how to adopt it right and so they you know i think it's happening and you see a lot of the bigger players they're definitely already uh moving beyond kind of experimentation and piloting they're they're rolling it out initially it's always like sort of a sandbox environment but yeah i mean just for our conversations i've seen a huge uptick you know really in the past 18 months that this is really becoming a key part of uh, businesses uh, strategies i think that's just going to continue to accelerate so here's here's
0: my pitch on on politicians should run once we have like a wallet like for for citizens can have like some type of wallet they can use and it can track like if you spend money locally you get tax breaks um that i think that's a really cool way to get people like to buy locally more um is to reward them
1: There's so many ways I I feel like if you digitize the process, like you brought up a good example rewards based systems right that you can really authenticate you did something and from there, you can automate yourself with some rewards right and I think the question boils down, though, is, is this question of transparency, you know how much. You know, And I don't want to answer this, but how much do you want the government to see and how much sure. does the government see? These are like, I think some questions that people grapple with, but I think if you, there are ways to make that a much more seamless process. And like you said, you get more society, societal engagement and you get efficiencies there too, right? If you certain call to action, you can get some positive response and some incentives to, to perform and you can digitize that entire process.
0: Yeah. I mean, it would totally be voluntary for sure. For sure, it'd right. have to be voluntary, but I think most people would would adopt certain things, right? That are yep. useful and actually work right? That's the thing Because we're so used to government's not working that we don't want to give them anything, let alone our tax dollars, right? Right. But if we show like efficiency and things like work really well, I think people are willing to adopt certain things. I wanted to chat about the GoChain Foundation and exactly sort of what that is in comparison to the company itself. What are the sort of differences and maybe what is the mission and the vision of the foundation? What is that sort of
1: attacking? Yeah, so the GoChain Foundation uh, was founded uh, in 2018 and really was to to tackle the blockchain scaling problem. And Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of touched on this earlier, but blockchain, wonderful innovation, tremendous promise But, you know, it still continues to have challenges in terms of uh, scalability, you know, the the very significant uh, carbon footprint, right? Mm -hmm. And so with that kind of inefficiency and lack of scalability, it also hinders uh, adoption. And so uh, the GoChain Foundation was founded to to do that, really to tackle the scaling problem in order to drive real world enterprise uh, government adoption of blockchain technologies. And as part of that mission, a very important part of the GoChain Foundation and the Go protocol specifically, is that the Go uh, chain uh, has a different, what we call sort of consensus mechanism. And what that really means is that when you look at a blockchain protocol, each protocol may tackle it differently in terms of how does the network reach consensus to add that next block on the blockchain, mm-hmm. right? Now, depending on what you do, and you know, without getting sort of into the weeds, it has implications on, for example, the kind of computational requirements and in- energy consumption needed to add that yeah. next block on blockchain and uh unlike other protocols out there which uh they approach differently and not necessarily right or wrong because uh, it depends on in some regards it's use case and, and the level of uh, security i guess that and scalability that you're looking for but we we don't rely on say anonymous miners and these heavy computational Uh, proof of work type constructs. Mm -hmm. We, We look at it from something we call proof of reputation. And what that means is is that we're working with a maximum of 50 organizations from around the world. Now, these are highly, highly reputable legal organizations. And these organizations, they believe in uh, blockchain, they believe specifically in our mission. And they're essentially staking the reputation to serve as the governance framework uh, for the GoChain blockchain. And, and they're responsible for coming, uh, reaching consensus and adding that next block to the GoChain blockchain. And that's how it works. And as a result of how we've set this up, we have tremendous benefits in terms of scalability, mm-hmm. um, especially uh, relative to some of the uh, the major uh, protocols out there. Um, to give you an example, um, for Ethereum, they're averaging, you know, let's say 13 transactions per second, have have 100x scalability uh, on top of that. Again, it's because of how we've set up consensus. And if you're a government or you're an enterprise, you yeah. might really care about who has access to your data or who's processing your data you're, you're managing your blockchain so that's how we view the, the the way forward to drive adoption and I think it's really punctuated right now because when you look at nfts and the craze of nfts right now um, now the the question is coming about uh, in terms of all this computational requirements for sustainability and so yep. that's really where we we start to shine I think on two fronts one is that we are a very sustainable protocol so you can basically mint sustainable nfts and the consortium that we're working with our consensus, for example, Conservation International, um, you've got Penn State University, Lenovo, the Global Roundtable for Sustainable Bee, Attacks. I mean, these are all wow. highly reputable organizations, universities, NGOs, not, uh, Fortune 500 companies. That that becomes the real trust uh, uh, foundation uh, for the, the GoChain protocol. So in addition to the protocol itself, the foundation then is also essentially very important is that they are responsible for onboarding these right node signers or validators for the for the network And so we we go through a long lengthy process to identify uh, these right organizations to be part of the gochain governance framework um, And at the same time as certain organizations uh, whether uh, you know we get some some newer organizations that that maybe have a higher reputational uh, matrix so to speak, certain organizations we may kind of phase out. But, it, but the idea is to keep building that reputation standard and uh, to basically continue to instill high level of trust uh, into the GoChain protocol. And so that's really, you know, to uh, to answer your question, the foundation itself is it's really about uh, building out, advancing the protocol, making sure that's it's uh, proof of reputation, consensus mechanism, having the right node partners, validators, and then really continuing to just to grow the ecosystem, um, grow utility for uh, for we uh, our token, which is the Go token, um, and um, yeah, these are really the I would say the key responsibilities and to drive uh, usage uh, of the Go chain protocol.
0: You, you touched on a, a couple of things because sustainability, a, energy. Uh, again, I'm gonna uh, I, I try to think of these things to understand them in comparison to other things. Can you mm-hmm. maybe explain the energy sort of consumption that it takes? Right, because we we sort of look at you know, PayPal, right. I, you know, PayPal somebody, right. It's sort of, simple it's kind of easy it it kind of happens now pretty immediately there's some 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 certain distinguishing circumstances but for overall it's gotten better right since you know a decade ago paypal was worse than it is today when we say we're gonna buy something with bitcoin right or buy something with ethereum there is much more that goes into it right They, they are these gas fees right because they're they're these mining fees there's all this sort of thing that go into actually adding that new chain, right? That new block um, or successfully monitoring that payment, making that payment successful. So like I guess give us a glimpse on like what actually takes up so much energy. Cause it is a, it is an issue, right? It, it is an issue that um, people talk about and people write about is, you know, the energy consumption and uses that, you know, blockchain or crypto, however you want to call it, the entire ecosystem does take up a lot of energy. Um, so yep. I guess why is that?
1: Yeah. So depending on on the protocol, uh, there's potentially uh, a high requirement for computational power to solve basically complex uh, problems. Right? These are complex mathematical problems, and you know if you're a miner for certain protocols, you in order to get rewarded, you you need to be able to. Be able to to solve these uh, complex problems, and whoever is able to solve these problems, uh, they're basically given the opportunity to be rewarded for minting the that next block on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's by design, and um, it, it adds a high level of security to certain protocols. And but you know the the you know consequence of that is you require a tremendous amount of computers and computational power to try to, to be the first to solve these these complex problems. And so you see a lot of these miners will go towards area where they can have beneficial um, energy costs, right? But But at the end of the day, these are still tremendous uh, computational requirements, and you know there's so many statistics out there, right? But I've seen Bitcoin, for example, somebody saying that one or two percent of the global GDP is done for energy. I saw something the other day <laughs> that the uh, most recent or, or or an average NFT might yeah. be the amount of uh, energy cost for one EU. Uh, resident, right yep. for a month. Um, I don't know. Th- th- there's a lot of statistics out there, but the the bottom line is that's a very significant uh, energy cost in and in a electric uh, consumption, uh, carbon footprint. So that becomes a big question. You know, for yes, blockchain is 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 has a lot of promise and it's it solves a lot of problems. But that's something that needs to be addressed, right? The scalability question and how sustainable is the particular protocol that you're going to uh, work on, right? And so for us, that's that's why we've tried to, to tackle it that way. And then, you know, I think if you've got the right protocol and then you take blockchain technology and you start to digitize assets. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, some smart contracts to automate uh, efficiencies while being able to still uh, audit transactions on a blockchain. You start to, to provide sort of multi layers of efficiencies that really will help to drive the sustainability equation. And so when you've got organizations that are concerned about sustainability, conservation, biodiversity, they have to look at, you know, it's, it behooves them to look at additional Technologies right. and solutions. You know, it's it's using it in concert, right? So it's like IoT, blockchain, maybe geospatial. But you use all of these things together to try to have as much transparency and efficiencies as possible, and uh, that gives you an overall uh, better uh, footprint. I mean, there's again, there's there's lots of areas. You know, even when we're talking about carbon emissions, there's a whole universe there on carbon credits and, and yep. we've had lots of conversations about digitizing carbon credits and there's some pro- projects out there doing that but to provide transparency to these accounting processes and and how these uh for example these tokens are or these uh credits are handled um and retired you know these are all things that you can uh, use technology to drive some efficiencies and transparency in the whole process i
0: have one more question and then i'll end on on the last question the next one is a little bit what we touched on earlier is about sort of universities and mm-hmm. maybe scientific research, when you talk to universities, do they kind of know what they want to do? Or do they, do they ask you, hey, if you were us, right, if you were us in this department, how would you use blockchain, right? Like, where what what are universities, specifically, I guess, on, on the scientific research side, because I think mm-hmm. that's where it will have impact.
1: Uh, what it boils down to is where can they confidently get data sets? Yep. Yep. And so if we're going to do, for example, say blockchain-based research, you know, typically the questions we'll get is who, you know, there's already a good sense of problems and sort of like theories and hypotheses about what they want to tackle and to have innovative research. But then again, it's the quality of the data and Mm -hmm. who are the players in the ecosystem to provide that data, right? Right, And so so if it's with us, for example, they may say, okay, um, we've got these ideas, but which of your... Customers right. would be willing to share that right. data, or if we don't have it, how do we reliably get that data? You need to have enough data to have a meaningful research. And by the way, we're—I mean—we are actively involved in these kind of conversations. But I would say most of these leading universities have a pretty good idea on the problems that they want to tackle, and and they have a pretty good understanding of what the tech technology brings it's just a matter of understanding the players and then again getting to the the data high quality data that they can be able to have some good uh quantitative assessment of, of to support you know the conclusions right so I would say that's it but we've had a tremendous amount of interest you know in terms of how to use technology uh with enterprises and then driving academic Innovation and research—that's um, yep. that's to me—it's it's quite a natural fit, um, yep. you know, really globally. So we've certainly within our consortium, we've, we're working with multiple universities right now, and we're 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 looking forward to really onboarding more, actually, because there's just so much innovation happening, and we think blockchain can be a really great compelling uh, piece for that. So,
0: so the last question is a little bit about the future mm-hmm. and the sector is. It crosses a, a, a wide range of uh, of things, but what are you? Maybe three to five years. Maybe what are some of the? What are you optimistic about, or what are the goals or successes you would like to see happen? You know, not not only from a go chain perspective, but just
1: the industry. Yeah. So, if I take a step back and I just if I look at blockchain or really any emerging technology, right? Yeah. And you take that technology and then you think about adoption and impact. So much of that is predicated on timing. And what I think is exciting right now and in recent years is that there's been a lot of uh, momentum for questions around transparency, right? Transparency, accountability, and COVID has been so difficult for so many, but I think if there is a silver lining is that there's a lot of questions about having more transparency on supply chains. You know, and and authenticity. And I think this is the kind of thing that's only going to continue. And I think that society is going to demand more transparency in in a variety of different day-to-day from the food they eat to just to the day-to-day living like you've got a lot of problems around the world that are being highlighted now you know whether that be forced labor whether that Mm -hmm. that mean depletion of stocks whether that mean uh conservation and sustainability all of these things i think are in a lens right now where everyone is very much focused and of course um I think if you look, you know, obviously there's the environment and climate, which is all from a society perspective, a high priority right now. Um, Healthcare is a high priority right now. So I think there's a lot of issues right now that are so important where people are going to be receptive to utilizing the latest technologies to solve these problems. And we're seeing it right now. You're seeing the use of satellites Harnessing all this data for for AI and machine learning and then how do we get good audibility of data sharing of data so you have blockchain technology removing some of those friction points it's almost like all harmonized coming together (laughs) to tackle these major major problems and so that's so for me when I look forward. Uh, looking ahead, I see this, it's all really, really promising because we all want more transparency. And I think accountability, I think it helps to not only level the playing field, but it helps to more people becomes uh, more inclusive to to help more people. And I think that's going to be a really positive impact from the use of all these different technologies to include blockchain.
0: Well, thanks so much, Henry. I learned a lot. So I I do this Selfishly, because sometimes I, I want to learn a lot more about a certain subject matter, and, and then uh, listeners get to hopefully learn a little something like, like I did. So I, I appreciate you taking the time and explaining sort of complex, you know, issues and, and how we can, you know, solve these these complex issues with complex technology. Right? right. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's kind of how we have to do it. Yeah, but, I no, appreciate it, Grant.
1: Yeah, and I, I wanted to also just say that you know, uh, appreciated. The thanks so much, and uh, this is uh, such a good podcast. And I and I I appreciate that you've been able to really you know spotlight all these great entrepreneurs out there working to to make do some good. So uh, thanks so much for that.